forget to visit Nintendo.com to catch up on all the other Nintendo news we don't have time to talk about. If Mario and Luigi were to do a podcast, it might sound something like this. Infendo Radio is on now. Hello, everybody, and welcome to Infendo Radio, episode 605. Um, my name is Lucas, and I am joined by a probably the noisiest of the co-hosts. I mean, there's only two of them these days, but definitely the noisier of the two. Um, Justin, how um, you doing tonight, and where can the people find you? Good. I'm, I'm very glad that I have a, a spit guard for my microphone. Um, Eugene probably edited all that out, so nobody has any idea what we're talking about. I doubt it. He's out today. He's out this week. That's why he's not here with us. He's probably on vacation. He will probably hastily edit this show, leaving all of this in. So, you know. <laughs> yeah, Eugene's lazy. Um, oh, you yeah, can follow me on Twitter at InfendoJustin. Um, go to thedisneyparkbench.com. That's thedisneyparkbench.com. And uh, check all that stuff out. We got new blogs coming out. We got new podcasts coming out. We got a couple of guides there. And uh, constantly growing. Uh, send us a message if you want to join in and contribute anything. And you can follow my Disney tweetings at Utilidork. Beautiful. I also have a place where I do things when I'm not doing this, and that is youtube.com slash C slash LucasPeace, L-U-K-A-S-P-E-A-C-E. Um, you can go there and watch some videos. I usually upload every Thursday. Didn't do one this week, but um, have some things planned. So with any luck, by next Thursday, you will see a new video by me. Um, if Eugene were here, I'm sure he would also tell you to go to infendo.com. That's where we post a lot of articles, you know, things like that. Basically everything website related. It's also probably where you found this podcast. So if you want to do that and be a part of everything we're up to, infendo.com is really the place to go. Um, with that said, we have a kind of, since we're, we're a two-man show tonight, it's going to be a little personal, a little, you know, less rambunctious than usual, probably. Um, Lucas, Justin shows are, are a little rare here. <laughs> but, um, but we thought maybe with the news of Pokemon Snap getting new DLC content, free DLC content, basically just update content, um, we thought it might be a good idea to kind of talk about that as a general topic, right? The good, the bad, the ugly of, of modern-day game development and how these games kind of roll out. Um, so first, I guess we'll break the news, right? Which is Pokemon Snap is getting free updates. Not just one. They've announced apparently there's going to be multiple. New areas, new Pokemon, new things to do and keep you busy. Um, Justin, correct me if I'm wrong, <laughs> but neither of us own this game, right? No, um, so... Um, speaking specifically about Pokemon Snap is probably not something we're going to be doing a whole lot of, but, um, yeah, no, I don't, I don't have it, but, you know, we do both have a lot of experience with games that have been, um, either enhanced or patched or, um, expanded after the fact, so, mm -hmm. and I think there's a lot of good and bad to be said about that. Yeah, um, so I'll kind of, yeah, like Justin said, we're really not going to have any insight into Pokemon Snap. That'll have to wait until next week's show and Eugene can chat. But I do want to kind of talk about a few games because I've been playing a lot of games, both past and future, um, that have kind of followed this similar structure, right? Of release the game now, update the game down the road, you know, maybe kind of finish the game down the road if you're really trying to get the game out quickly. Or as it seems in the case of Pokemon Snap, release the game and then just continue to, to release new content to keep people interested. 
interested. I've kind of experienced both lately, and I've got some thoughts on all of this. Um, the game that instantly comes to mind for me, I don't know if you remember it or if you were even a big fan of it when it first came out, because we didn't know each other back then, um, is Splatoon 1 for the Wii U. Um, Did that we not was probably. Know each other back then? I don't think we hooked up until pretty much right before the Switch came out, dude. I think I bought the Switch, like, one of my earlier episodes on Infendo. But, um, yeah, no, Splatoon 1 was a game, and um, that game was not that great when it first launched, if you remember right. Like, it had kind of the basics, but it felt very bare. There were a lot of, like, weapon types that hadn't been released yet, um, a lot of content that hadn't really come out yet. We didn't even know, like, Splatfests were going to be a thing. It was just kind of like, hey, go in and 4v4 people, and that was, like, the entire game. Yeah, I mean, there was a single-player game that mm-hmm. admittedly wasn't much of anything, but, yeah, I forgot just how bare bones Splatoon was when it first came out, especially considering how much, you know, there was by the end of it, and Mm -hmm. I mean, pretty much Splatoon 2 launched with about the same amount of content that Splatoon 1 ended with. Yeah. So, you know, we're just kind of used to having that all there. Um, Yeah, that was was one. Uh, Another one, um, I know I've been playing a lot of Mario Golf lately, and I'm sure we're going to get some additions to that, but uh, Mario Tennis mm-hmm. launched with very few characters or stages and added a lot of them after the fact. That seems to How be Nintendo's thing lately. Is Mario Tennis launched, sorry not to just completely cut you off there, but Mario Tennis launched without the option to even do like your own rules for sets and games. Like When Mario Tennis, if you wanted to play online... I, I, if I'm remembering right, you were stuck in like a one-set, six-game match, and that yeah. was the only way to play in the beginning. You couldn't choose the court; you had to choose the court before you could choose like the rules and the character and everything. So it was like everything was really like locked behind like all of these set. It was it was a mess. I remember it being an absolute mess. Hell, <laughs> uh, Super Smash Brothers Ultimate is still like that. You still can't change mm-hmm. the rules of of yeah. a Smash round. You either play with you know, regular stages and items, or you play without, you know, with play Omega stages and no items, and those are pretty much your options. Like, you can't... Which is funny, because... And I've complained about this before, because in the the Wii U game and the 3DS game, you could fully customize your match uh, Mm -hmm. and change the rules in between matches, even. Yeah, it's a weird thing to take away, right? Like, it's it's one of those things that, like, okay, maybe the devs just don't want to put it in or whatever. But once you have it in one game, it's an odd option to remove from future games. Right? Yeah, it's always strange to me when they go out of their way to remove a feature. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, yeah, so we've been talking... Oh, go ahead. Well, no, I was actually going to segue there about how sometimes uh, these updates will remove features or remove bugs that people consider features. So let's talk about that because I have a (laughs) rant that I've been wanting to get out since late last night. Um, Did you have anything you wanted to start on this conversation? Because once I go, I'm going to be a spinning top. Go go for it. I didn't have anything specific, but I knew you did. So I, I... pretty much fed you the segue Teed which we have up. now trampled I, I appreciate it that's what we do here we set we trample segues um this is why i have we can't been have playing nice 
I have been playing and very much enjoying a game called Monster Hunter Stories 2. Um, not as much as our old co-host Steve has been playing and enjoying it. Um, he's put like 115 hours into it in the last week and a half. But um, I really like that game. I think I've said as much. Like I like it more than I like the last Pokemon. It's probably my favorite monster catching game of all time, really. Um, but my, f- my favorite feature from the first game was hard to access in the sequel and it's kind of been that like one muddy spot on an otherwise like perfect game experience for me um so in the first game you could take you can do this too in the sequel you can take genes and you can remove them from one monster basically delete the monster and put them onto your monster kind of fusion style right you can give different genes to different monsters so like if i have a water type monster but i want to give him an electric type attack i can transfer an electric attack from one monster to another um the thing that's missing in this game or that felt broken is that in the old game you could put those um like electric attack boosting skills on your monster And eventually you could actually turn the monster's basic attack type from water to electric. And it would not only change, like, the way the monster attacked, it would change his special attack and the animation. So instead of having a water beam, it would be an electric beam and he would shoot out electric damage. So you could customize it that way. It would also change their colors. So, like, electric monsters would usually get, like, a yellow pattern somewhere on their bodies. Um... So I'd experienced a couple of examples in um, Stories 2 early in where I would have monsters change color. I had a level 1 Tigrex that I made a water element and he turned blue. Um, I had a... uh, These words mean nothing to you if you haven't played Monster (laughs) Hunter, but bear with me. I mean, has vague meaning to me, but yeah, I have no experience with Monster Hunter, so... Follow follow the logic train, though. I had a I had an herbivore, one of the first monsters you get, and he had a dragon element, and he was purple. But then as soon as you go into battle, the color disappears, and then when you get out of battle, the color is gone, and so is the, the elemental boost to the monster. Um, so I went online, and I read about it, because at first I was thinking, okay, they just made it really hard to do. But last night, after I finished up a round with Steve, I went online and I read about it, and they actually announced in the patch notes that the ability to do that and change the color is a known glitch that's going to be removed. And they stated um, that in this game, they really want you to focus on the element that the monster already is, and that that feature is not meant to be in the game, so they're actually going to be patching it out soon. Which is a weird direction for me. Like, it's it's odd that you would take something that was, like, really unique and gave your game kind of a special element and you would remove that from the sequel. Especially when it's already possible to do in the sequel and just needs some, like, numbers tweaking. So I really don't understand the meaning behind Like, I don't understand why they're doing that. And, it, um... It, it reminds me... Oh, were, were you... No, go ahead. Keep talking. I'm going to go back to this, but but shoot. <laughs> no, well, I was going to say it, it kind of reminds me of a lot of the exploits that people use in like speedruns and stuff like that where um and you see a lot of it in Breath of the Wild, but mm-hmm. you know, like even if you go to like the reverse long jump trick yeah. in Super Mario 64 where you know, Nintendo patches it out in a later edition, which is, you know, the version that we have on the switch version right now and people get angry about that just but. to just to kind of take the fun out of the glitch you know like it's like the the glitches are there and they're not really hurting anything but it gives some people joy and then you remove that because now we're living in an age where you can edit your game anytime even after the game is already out you know yeah it's it's weird yeah like i'm not i'm not at all against removing of the backwards long jump like my 
my opinion on speedrunning is if you have to break the game in order to <laughs> speedrun, then you didn't actually beat the game properly. Like, I want to see you actually well, play through the game properly as quickly as possible. Like the people that's... who do... Uh, Breath of the Wild runs in half an hour or something yeah. like that. <laughs> That's always been my opinion on speedruns, too, but I know one ex-Infendo host who uh, might harshly disagree with you on that one. Um, but yeah, no, just to kind of like wrap up my rant, because I was going to make this my change the system, but now I can actually talk about like positive, happy things. Like, <laughs> I really, I really like this game, and um, I have been spending the last like 30 hours of it trying to manipulate my monster's elements and get back to that kind of like end game thing that I enjoyed so much. And now finding out that it's gone, I messaged Steve this morning, I was like, I don't know what is going to keep me invested in this now. You know, like, I, I want to continue playing this game because I really like it, but I feel like one of the things that I like the most about it is is both gone and being actively removed, which is so weird to me. So, like, yeah, I'm, I'm hoping that I can find another hook to keep me going, but unlike Steve, I just, I don't get as interested in, like, you know, building every armor and weapon type and that kind of stuff, you know? So maybe it'll just be trying to make my monsters as strong as they can be without those, like, elemental buffs and stuff. But, yeah, it's just, it's a weird, it's a weird direction, you know? And it kind of breaks our conversation a little bit because it's not just a bug that's being removed, but it is a, it, they call it a bug. I don't understand if it's old code that they borrowed from the first game that they didn't remove, or if it was, like, an early feature they were trying to include, but they found it too difficult and they just forgot to take the code out but like for some reason that's in the game <laughs> and it was a feature in the last game but now it's being classified as a bug and i just i don't get it but it, it brings me back to that whole thing of just like sometimes i wish devs would just leave their games alone you know well, like <sighs> and that brings us to kind of the opposite side of the argument and i see this meme go through you know social media all the time where it shows pictures of a bunch of 8 and 16 big games and says, mm -hmm. you know, remember when you bought a game and you got the whole game. Well, that kind of leads into what we started talking about where, you know, they release additional content later on after oh, yeah. you bought the game. But, like, there were times where you would buy the game and it would just be a busted-ass mess and you didn't have... There was nothing you could do about it because they didn't have patches. They didn't release future oh. iterations of it. You just got a broken game and they didn't... They, you know, it never got fixed. So. That's literally my experience with, I think it's called Adian Chronicles. I know I've talked about it before on the show, but it was an old N64 RPG. Really cool game. Every now and then it would just completely lock up and delete all your save data. Like, just oh, broken mess of a game, but so cool, you know? So, yeah, no. I, I know uh, I when the Final Fantasy games first started coming out on the Switch, um, I, but I've always wanted to play Final Fantasy IX, but mm -hmm. I refused to buy it because there was a glitch where if you've ever played a Final Fantasy game at least the the later ones um, you know the overworld music tends yeah. to be very long so mm -hmm. instead of having it start from the beginning every time you come out of a battle it would pick up more or less where it left off so you got mm -hmm. to hear the whole thing um, and there was a glitch in the Switch versions where it would start the music from the beginning and Oddly, if interestingly enough, it doesn't affect me because I turned off random battles on my game anyway. But I just like you're you're taking like the music of Final Fantasy games, especially during that era, was one of the big things that that yeah. sold those games, and you're crippling a part of it where people aren't going to get to hear most of the loop. Well, 
I, I remember kind of in a, in a similar situation, I think it was Xenoblade Chronicles 2 when that came out on the Switch. Um, there was, like, this one line of dialogue that, like, every enemy would say in, like, the first area of the game. And it was just this, like, broken British accent. It was like, I forget what it even was, but it was like, Eh, what you want about? Or some, something like that. And, like, everyone said it. And it became, like, a meme in the community for, like, the first month. And they ended up patching it out because it was so annoying. But, like, one of the, like, like that's, that's kind of a charming aspect in a way with some of those games, right? Like, like when I used to play like Shadow the Hedgehog and every five seconds, Eggman would be like, you know what they say, the more the merrier. You know what they say, you know what they say, the more you know what they say. Like, like there's something about that that like sticks out of my memory. It's like, yeah, it's a broken mess, but it's my broken mess, you know? <laughs> and and it's just, it, it, things feel a little more sterile these days, I guess. And, and that, not to go full boomer or anything, but you know, it, it, it's kind of nice sometimes when glitches can just be glitches. It, w it would definitely be nice if like certain things had, you know, like the option to, yeah, to, yeah. to switch. Cause you know, like a lot of games will give you the options to play one way or another. It yeah. would be, you know, if something weren't like outright game breaking to be able to mm -hmm. switch between, um, I, one, a, um, update that I really wish Skyward Sword would get on the Switch. Um, I'm doing most of my playing in bed, um, so motion controls aren't really an option. Yeah. So, but the camera controls are a pain because you probably spend more time adjusting the camera than using your sword, but yeah. you have to hold a button to adjust the camera, and it would be nice if, you know, I, they could ship a patch that gave me the option to either hold L to control camera or hold L to control sword because yeah. the way I figure it you know when when you're using your sword you're probably going to be holding the L the LR button anyway so or the LZ well, button and didn't they do that with Mario uh, 3D collection because um Mario Sunshine had like um, non-inverted controls, and it was really like weird and awkward for everybody that had played the game for like 15 years beforehand. Yeah, and then they, they they allowed you to invert them, but they didn't just outright switch them on you. Is that how that worked? I yeah, yeah, you could. Um, they they shipped a patch where you had the option to reverse the the Y axis, yeah, yeah. or the X axis. Um, independently, so yeah. it took me a while to kind of toggle through them and try and figure out. Camera controls are always a weird thing uh -huh. for me because, um, on one hand, I like to have them adjusted so I feel like I'm holding the hand. You ever see a cameraman um, mm -hmm. doing a movie where you know he tilts it back and it points the camera up, he tilts yeah. it right and it points to the left, but every once in a while I have trouble. Like, as natural as that can be for me on one side, sometimes mm -hmm. it, my brain gets wonky and I just can't wrap my head around it. So I spent a yeah. lot of time futzing with it. But, um, but yeah, I mean, it's... I think the conclusion is it's, it's a great age that we live in that if a game ships, it's not complete. If a game ships incomplete, they can add to it. If a game ships... Yeah broken they can fix it but at the same time like don't don't they shouldn't be abusing that don't well, ship a game with no content there yeah there there are definitely people out there that i think release their games in like you know 
pre-beta, basically. <laughs> and uh, and it's just kind of like, well, we'll fill in the content as we go, you know, that kind of thing. And that that always kind of sucks. U- Ubisoft and and Activision yeah. have been notorious about that. Well. <laughs> Well, and I, I'm, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna go two ends on Capcom here because I really want to parade Capcom for everything good that they've done. But first, let me shoot them down again, real quick. Um, and this really isn't their fault. This is a COVID thing. But uh, Monster Hunter Rise, when that game first came out, it didn't even have an ending. An ending, to the yeah, plot. I heard about yeah. that. And it took like a month and a half for that DLC to come out. It didn't feel incomplete. There was still, you could still get like a hundred hours out of the game, you know. But, um, and that was, again, that was really kind of because of, like, the development strain, I think, of working on the game through COVID. Cool that we could get the game earlier than we normally would have, right? But also kind of sucky that it wasn't really done at launch. On the other hand, I will say they are fantastic about providing free content upgrades. I think they, Monster Hunter series is probably the best one I've ever played for that. Um, they just keep providing free content, like, over and over again in every game. Going back as far as, like, you know, the Wii for me. Um, every month, every couple of months, they'll just release additional content. It'll be, you know, 100% free. Really cool feature. Really cool way to do your game, you know, where you're just constantly kind of keeping players engaged. And what I liked about it even more in the beginning, it, it feels a little shadier now because now they're charging for things that they really shouldn't be charging for. Like the ability to alter the way your character looks from, like, a gender perspective and stuff. Like, that... I, I, I feel like that should just be a feature that shouldn't be like a 99 cent paid, you know, option. Right. But um but but going back a couple of generations back when they didn't even do DLC, they were still doing this. So it wasn't even like a nefarious, you know, we want your money so we're going to keep you playing kind of thing. It was just a we want you to keep enjoying our game thing. And I think that's like a really pure like good way to to implement something like that, you know. So again, I like it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean there's as with most things in gaming, there are things not to like about it, but there are just as many things to like about it. Mm-hmm. Change is good. And speaking of change, I think this is a good time for us to take a very quick break and come back on the other side of it with Change the System. We'll be right back. And we're back and listen to that amazing soundtrack playing us in right now. Boy, Eugene, you sure have good taste in music. Um, We are here to talk about the games that we've been playing, which is something we've been known to do from time to time on Infendo Radio. Um, Justin, since you are the only one here who isn't me, would you like to go first and talk a little bit about the games you've been playing and all the paid DLC that you may or may not have been buying for them? So, um, yeah, so lo- <laughs> just lovely, jumped right onto that. <laughs> lo- lovely little um, segue there from the games that release additional characters and content for free. Um, Mortal Kombat 11 is not one of those. Um, in fact, I have spent an embarrassing amount of time and money on that game just trying to unlock things that I want. Uh, probably more time than I've spent actually playing the fighting part of the game. Um, Jeez. So, um, over the past week, well, when we were recording the last episode, I'm sure some of you noticed I was playing it, um, I was trying to unlock something which they were advertising was, uh, it was one of those special crypt events where they hide, uh, you know, a, some spherical chest somewhere and you have to find it and you can unlock it for free but you have to find it first. Um, And they had another one of those this week, 
so I spent a whole week trying to find it, only to find out that they hadn't released it yet. They just said, hey, this is coming, be ready that for it. That sucks. So, <laughs> on the plus side, I did get to explore a lot of the crypt. Um, sections that I thought were completely blocked off from me, I found um, items that unlocked them, or just found, like, there's a chain here, or, you know, a switch there that unlocks it that I didn't see during previous times passing through. Doesn't help that I'm playing this handheld, and it's a very, very dark game. So if there, if there is definitely a game that will benefit from this, from the OLED screen, I think Mortal Kombat <laughs> is one of them. But, um, so yeah, I spent a lot of time in the crypt, um, and unlocked a whole bunch of things. Um, I also finally broke down and paid to unlock Frost because um, you unlock her for free playing the story mode. But I haven't really gotten very far in the story mode, partially because I don't know the story of Mortal Kombat X. And, you know, so I know the story that comes before it, and I know the story that comes after it, but I don't know the story in the middle. So it's kind of like watching, you know, Star Wars and Return of the Jedi without seeing Empire. <laughs> it's a weird plot. Like, it, it does kind of like an injustice thing where it's like, you know, you have like the split timelines and everything, but is weird. <laughs> yeah, so anyway, um, so I haven't played enough of the story to unlock her, and, they, and I know that there are items that keep coming up in the, you know, in the daily refreshing, uh, crystals, you know, time crystal shop that, um, no, it's not time crypt. I don't know what it is, but anyways, um, there are items that keep coming up that I'm like, oh, I can get this for frost. No, I can't because I don't have frost and it won't let me buy it ahead of time. So I finally worked down and bought her for $6. So that, um, increases the amount of money I've spent on this game. Um, <laughs> other games that I have been... I did finally, though, uh, actually do some fighting in it, uh, because <laughs> I found out that um, in order to... There's, like, a bridge that I have to cross to get to a new area, and it takes 4,000 or 4,000? 2,000 of whatever the green things are. And I spent about six or 700 of the green things when I finally unlocked the ability to use them. So now I don't have enough to cross the bridge. So um, I found out that you can earn uh, you can earn them by playing matches and uh, doing the daily. Uh, they have like daily challenges. So I did a few of those last night, and so that'll probably give me a reason to keep coming back to the game and doing more than just you know checking what's in the shop. So. Uh, expect me to continue playing Mortal Kombat 11 until the end of time or until another Mortal Kombat game comes out that overtakes it. Yeah, more than likely option two. So. <laughs> um, besides that, mostly I've been playing Mario Golf when I'm, you know, just looking for something mindless to do in the background, or Skyward Sword when I'm actively engaged in it. Um, I already kind of spoke about my um, experience playing Skyward Sword in the last segment, um, but I'm enjoying actually getting to play it again. It is a game that 
I had mixed feelings on when I played it the first time, but overall enjoyed it and thought it was a quality game. But as much as I wanted to go back to it, I did not want to do it until I could do it on the Switch because I didn't want to play it all the way through and then have it re-release on the Switch the next year and go, well, mm. crap, I just replayed this game. I don't want to play it again. Yep. So it is nice to be able to play it. It is gorgeous on the Switch. Um, my only complaint graphically is that um, on the Wii, they did this neat kind of blurring effect that made item mm. uh, objects in the background look kind of watercolory. Yeah. And I guess that effect still exists in the Switch version, but because it's higher resolution, the effect is lessened. So it, hmm. so things, objects in the distance do get that blur effect, but it's a lot smaller, so it doesn't get that hmm. watercolor look that it used to have. Um, hopefully that's something they'll patch in the future, but even if they don't, it's still a really good-looking Wii game that's been upscaled to 1080p, so you know, can't really complain. Um, and I played it with motion controls uh, last Thursday after we recorded the podcast, and I'm going to play it with motion controls again tonight, because that really is the optimal way to play it. This is probably going to sound really biased, but I went back and I played a little bit of Mario 3D Collection, whatever it's called, 3D All-Stars, um, and I feel like out of the three games, the, the Wii one, Mario Galaxy, had like the ugliest look. Like, yeah. Like, it's like, it, it wasn't old enough to, like, embrace the retro thing, but it also wasn't new enough to really look, because, because like, I feel like for, for Nintendo games, like, the modern thing kind of started around the Wii, so those games are just really ugly, because they're trying to do <laughs> what we're already doing now, but we're doing it so much better, if that makes sense. Like, Well, yeah, they were, they were competing. I remember the, the common thing to say is, it looks good for a Wii game, mm -hmm. because Nintendo were making their games with yeah. high-definition graphics, even yeah. though their console couldn't handle it. Yeah, I remember and, getting into fights about Twilight Princess. Like, it looks fine! <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, Twilight Princess did not... I mean, I think the HD remaster did look good, but that graphic style definitely did not age, age as well as well. something like Wind Waker or Skyward Sword. Yeah, yeah. And yeah, I kind of agree with you. Um, I think the best-looking... 3D Mario games are Sunshine and Odyssey because, mm -hmm. uh, like you said, you know, Sunshine Sunshine was where, you know, Nintendo really got their footing with 3D graphics. They had a system that could create them well, yeah. and they knew how to use it. But and, it was still old enough that you go back to it and you're kind of like, this is charming, you know? Right. This, this feels like a 2003 game, you know? Which, what, yeah. When when a game embraces its low poly or yeah. low color, whatever, low pixel, whatever it is, when they embrace that those graphics and utilize them, mm -hmm. then it can look great. I, uh, but um, yeah, I think the I think Mario Galaxy tried a little too hard to look a little too HD, mm -hmm. and you know, real the whole real is brown, everything's dark and gritty sort of thing, and yeah, and yeah. that's yeah. Um, and then, of course, 
by the time Odyssey came around, they knew how to do good graphics and had a system that could do it. So, mm-hmm. Yeah, I remember that was one of Steve's biggest comments when he saw the Skyward Sword trailer. He was like, I forgot how bad this game looked. <laughs> like, just, <laughs> like, like Link's face with the whole, like, you know, weird lip color thing. And yeah, it's, uh, yeah. I mean, it's got its, it's got its charm, you know, but visually it's always been kind of a mixed bag. Yeah, the character designs in Skyward Sword, I think, leave a lot to be desired. Yeah. But the uh, but the graphics themselves are incredible, yeah. and it is a game where they embraced the limitations of the hardware to to make something that is visually interesting, yeah. if not spectacular. Yeah, hence the watercolor, you know, effect that you were talking about. Right. You know, that was kind of due in part to the fact that, like, you know, we can't have this big, beautiful HD world, but we can, you know, make it look stylized and kind of get around that. So, yeah. Yeah. And, you know, kind of like uh, Breath of the Wild. You know, mm-hmm. Breath of the Wild, if you've ever seen, you know, where people have, have managed to remove the, the cell shading texture, mm. Breath of the Wild is a very simple game. Like, mm. the arc, the the geometry is very simple mm-hmm. and the character you know everything's very kind of bland but because they had the style know, yeah yeah they, they were able to put that nice shiny bright colorful coat of paint over it and most people yeah. didn't notice yeah yeah well, that makes sense anywho i kind of stepped on your your thing there a little but oh no i actually kind of cut right in the middle of your change the system did you have anything else you wanted to talk about um, I don't think so. I have other things that I have to play that I have not played yet, so maybe I'll have more to talk about next week. But I keep waiting to hear about, like, you know, how much you've put into Mario Golf or, you know, one of those things, but that never seems to come up. <laughs> uh, I mean, I play pretty much every night I play a round of Mario Golf. I mm. try to do in the story if possible. Sometimes it's just grinding. You know, like, I want to play, but I don't want to progress the story, so I'll yeah. play a round of golf just to level my character up. Jeez. Um, and I, I'm i at the second golf course right now, which is the cross-country golf one, and I have not actually done the tournament yet, although I have the option to do it. So, so answer me this. Um, does... Well, maybe you don't even know because you haven't gotten far enough yet. But does, like, playing in the story mode then unlock courses in, like, you know, free mode or multiplayer or whatever you want to call it? Or yes. Or are those, like, okay, so they're not totally separate. That actually yeah, so every time, yeah, so every time you play or at least unlock a new course in the story mode, it unlocks in the, in the you know, free play mode. Okay. And your, um, your me character... Um, well, yeah, it's like the Game Boy game. The me character mm-hmm. um, keeps its stats from the story mode to the free play mode. So, whatever cool. you've done with it, um, you know, you have when you play in free play or online. Cool. I feel like these episodes have just kind of become you giving me little tidbits about this game that I want. But you know, <laughs> it what is you do? it is good. It's like I, I think I said last time. It's the best Mario Golf. I've played since probably the GameCube game. Like yeah. it, it, it has that personality. It That's has good. that 
that touch of polish that I think a lot of them have been missing for the past few years. I'll tell you, I'm really curious to see if beyond like the story mode, which I'm assuming I'll, I'll churn my way through relatively quickly, if the game itself can hold me. Not that any Mario Golf has ever really held my attention for that long, but it would be really nice to be able to like boot it up at a moment's notice and just be having fun, you know? So I'm really hoping that there's some stuff there to kind of keep me entertained, as it were. Yeah, I think there, I think there will be, but, you know, the nice thing about it is, like, you can devote a lot of time to it, or mm-hmm. it can just be a game you play when you have, you know, 20 minutes to kill. Yeah. Like, it can be either one of those, and okay. I think that's what's nice about it. I have another question, and I'm okay. sorry, listeners, but this is just what this show is now, so deal with it. <laughs> um, in OG Mario Golf, at least, tournament mode was a really fun. Like, it was, like, the main mode, right? You compete against, like, 16 other players and not real players, but, like, computer players and stuff. Has that basically been relegated to story mode, or is there, like, an optional tournament mode? Because I've been playing Mario Golf on the 3DS, and there is no tournament mode except for, like, online tournament play. And I'm realizing that is one of the things that I really miss from the older games. Like, not just, like, 1v1 golf, but, like, an actual, like, who can get the best score kind of thing. Um, well, you do compete in tournaments in the story mode, mm-hmm. and you are against, like, several characters. I don't know mm-hmm. exactly how many. Uh, I'm looking at it right now. It looks like, uh, the, looks like the single-player non-story options are standard golf, speed golf, battle golf, and network play. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm not seeing a tournament... What's solo challenge? Nope, that's not it. Yeah, I'm not seeing a tournament mode, but when you play in the single-player story, um, every course has a tournament that you have to play through, and and uh, you know do a certain. You don't. I don't think you necessarily have to win, but you have to be within a certain. Yeah threshold in okay, order to so, move on to the next one. So long story short, you can kind of do tournament mode, but you're locked into playing as a me character when you do it. Okay. Yeah, it seems that way. Um, could be That's something that they add down the line with one of those yeah. lovely free updates, but I'm not yeah. seeing it as an option right now. Yeah, I just realized that was probably my favorite mode in like the original Mario Golf, you know, because it was just really challenging trying to get like first place, you know, and you'd see like Shy Guy or, or Lakitu or whatever like name they filled in like rising up in the ranks and stuff and yeah which is funny because i i often found that because as much as i hate grinding in rpgs i love grinding in mario Mm -hmm. sports games so i would usually be so op'd that like i'm like 10 strokes ahead of the person in Mm. second place jeez (laughs) yeah god you're making me want to dig out like mario golf for the n64 i wonder if we'll ever get that on the switch but anyway um i guess i should probably talk about the games i've been playing because, you know, otherwise we'll be here all night. Uh, um, in short, I have not been playing that much that's interesting. I've been playing a lot of Warframe, um, which I know I talked about kind of ad nauseum on the last show, so I'll keep it brief. I got the character I was looking for. I got a second character that I was kind of looking for, but she's not the one that I really want, so I'm happy with the one that I've already got. Um, it's still a really good game. I think I'm going to get a lot out of it. I'm, I'm enjoying it, but there's not really that much to say beyond that, right? It's just a fun game that you can play. Uh, we did find this new mode called Railjack, where you basically pilot a giant, like, 
armada battleship kind of thing and like everybody's got their stations and everything i very much enjoy piloting it so that that has been how i've been spending a large portion of my free time um pokemon go is a game that still exists um unfortunately every like few months they want me to download another 100 megabyte update or something like that (laughs) and for me 100 megs is actually a lot of data because i don't have that big of a memory card so yeah oh i was gonna say you can't you can't do it on wi-fi but yeah if you're running out of room on your phone itself that's kind of an issue that's the issue yeah so like every time a new update comes out i have to like delete another app so i no longer have twitter but that's okay (laughs) because who really needs twitter anyway um i did mention i've been playing mario golf on the 3ds mostly just on nights when we do podcasts because we talk about mario golf and it makes me want to play one and that's the closest thing i've got that's actually available uh, and honestly, I think that's kind of it. I just started a game um, called Mind Scanners tonight, which is a game on Steam. Um, cool game. You basically play the part of a therapist in like a dystopian world where you like have to analyze whether or not people are insane and then choose to cure them or not. And you know, obviously, your decisions have ramifications. I was trying to play as myself, but I kept accidentally deleting people's personalities by overtreating <laughs> them. So that now I've decided like you would do. Yeah, well, now I've decided I'm just going to be a monster, and my goal is to just... I've decided I have a, a impairment, and I am like a god of destruction, and I believe that it is my duty to wipe everybody's brains and create a conformist society. So I used a person at the cafe as a shield to dodge gunfire from a group of terrorists. So that's, uh, that's how that game's been panning out for me. We'll see how I end up at the end of that. So yeah. You're basically playing that the way I play Saints Row. Exactly. Um, or the way I play Red Dead Redemption. <laughs> see, and I can't do that. Like, I, uh, one of the games that was on sale recently that I played the demo of is Death and Taxes. Mm, and I, I remember that game. And, and I really enjoyed the demo of that game, but, I, you know, you reach a certain point where you have to start making difficult decisions. Uh huh. And I, I freeze up. I can't be the asshole who kills the cancer carrying. Yeah doctor just because yeah you know that's what your your evil master tells you to do yeah yeah (laughs) so like it's it's those games are are tough and i know they're supposed to be tough yeah but another game that i heard is really good for that is papers please so i was hoping you would bring that up actually i loved papers please but papers please is genuinely difficult in addition to being morally difficult because like every day they increase the rules so it's like you can you can mess up and let people in you know as part of the story or you can just screw up really badly because you forget that the blue sideways stamp is no longer allowed into the country and you only oh, have so many yeah, seconds. Oh yeah, yeah, and you have like a time limit, right? Yeah, I, I ended up, I played it a few years ago and I ended up actually having to stop because it was just way too much for me to manage. <laughs> like, when, yeah. when your recreation is more stressful than your job, uh-huh. it's, time to, it's time to find something else. Yeah, that was that was my experience with that. But Mind Scanners seems a little bit more casual. There's some little mini games you do to like treat people and you have to kind of like I, I haven't quite figured it out yet but you have to kind of like stop treating them when the personality meter gets too low and like give them a chance to recover there might even be like pills that I can buy them to prevent them from losing I, I'm still dabbling but I guess for this first run I'm just going chaotic evil so we'll see how that pans out I, I suppose if I ever 
started a game with the intention of being chaotic evil, I could probably do it. But there so often I play games playing as myself, <laughs> and I try not to be that person. Mm -hmm. So by the time I reach a point where, like, I just want to lash out, I feel bad doing it. Like, I, I remember pressing the wrong button and accidentally killing somebody in Skyrim oh, and God. went, oh crap, I need to reload my last save. Instead <laughs> of just taking the consequences and, mm -hmm. you know, running and seeing what happens and how the mm -hmm. story progresses, I'm like, nope, nope, this is wrong, I need to go back. See, and I have like eight accounts in Skyrim, so I have like myself and then I have like the, the character that's like a high elf racist who, you know, like murders everybody that she doesn't get along with. I have my orc who I built purposefully to just kill every NPC I could come across. So like every town is just barren because anyone that's non-essential is dead. Like, it's <laughs> like, yeah, so you know, I've, I've, I've worn many hats in that game. <laughs> I think if I ever had the time to devote to playing through the game again, since I haven't finished it yet, I, I would probably do that, but... Mm. Yeah, I Skyrim was my life for a while. Speaking um, of which, Postal is on sale right now. That's a... Oh, that, Lord. <laughs> that's a game I've thought about getting for the sake of, you know, just stress relief. Well, there you go. Um, I will say there's just one other game that I just downloaded. I haven't even booted it up yet. But I've been getting a lot of video recommendations for it, and it really intrigued me. Um, it's a Lord of the Rings game, actually, which I like the movies. I've never played the games before. Middle Earth Shadow of War. Um, I, I've been watching people on YouTube, like, like show, like, miraculous cutscenes of this game. It has, like, what they call a nemesis feature. Yeah, so as um, you're, yeah, as you're fighting, like, the orcs. They... Yeah. It's, yeah, it's, there was, it's a follow-up to the, was it Battle for Middle-Earth or something yes, like that? Yes, yes, yes. Yeah, I heard about that feature, and it it's, intrigued me. It's really interesting. So, again, I can't talk about it from a gameplay perspective, but I've watched other people play it. So let me just give a very brief rundown for people that are listening. Um, you play as kind of like this, this guy, I, I don't know, again, I don't know the plot, but you play as somebody who basically keeps coming back to life, like, a ghost or something of, of some human, and you recruit orcs uh, on your team as, like, captains, basically. Um, the orcs have a chance to betray you, so you can be, like, in the middle of a raid on, like, a, an orc capital, and all of a sudden the orc will turn around and be like, me, I never like you very much, don't like the way you smell, and then he comes at you and he starts attacking you and you have to, like, kill him and everything. I watched one video where this slave orc um, managed to kill the guy in the first round, because you're, like, immortal, you keep coming back basically um he killed him in the first round they promoted him from a level one to like a level 65 king of his of his stronghold then the guy beat him and beat him and beat him so much that he got the insanity mod and instead of speaking he would just go <laughs> by the end it was like watching a movie where he like raided this guy's castle and he was this insane king like <laughs> Yeah, it's really wild. So I really want to see if I enjoy it as much as I've enjoyed watching other people play it. <laughs> so this is what you do on on YouTube that I normally wouldn't. <laughs> yeah, exactly. We were talking about that pre-show. We get the same recommendations, but we watch the opposite videos. <laughs> <sighs> yeah, I generally don't like watching people play video games so see i feel i come and go with it so much but you know every now and then i get these recommendations like oh i gotta see how the orc went insane you know i, I gotta know what that's all about 
Oh. Although I will say I will be doing that for Mortal Kombat X because mm. my I the those games are just can be a slog to play through if you're not like interested in it. Yeah, honestly, just go watch the story and get caught up. I feel like when exactly. I played Mortal Kombat 11, because I, I got into Mortal Kombat 11 for Terminator, which I don't even know why, because it was like the same time I started watching the Terminator movie, so it wasn't like I was a huge Terminator fan, but I just thought he looked interesting. Um, and I played through part of the story, and then I was like, okay, hold on. And I spent like three days just like trawling through the wiki, just like <laughs> reading up about like the parallel timelines and like this and that and stuff. And I was like, okay, I get it now. Now I can play the game and just enjoy it, you know? And it yeah, was like see, watching a Mortal figured, Kombat movie. Yeah, see, and I figured like I played most of the old Mortal Kombats. I played the quote-unquote remake, you know, the mm-hmm. PS3 and Xbox 361 that, you know, that was just called Mortal Kombat. Um, you know, I played that one, so I'm like, oh, well, I have a general idea what Mortal Kombat's about. And so I start the story mode, and I'm like, wait, what is happening here? In an what alternate happened in the last game? In an alternate future where Johnny Cage murdered Lao King. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, so, so I'm like, all right, maybe I do have to get a little bit of story background, but yeah, it's just a matter of, uh, in fact, I think I'll put my screen protector... Long story short, um, I do most of my video watching and game playing in bed next to my wife who is trying to sleep. So I get those polarized screen protectors that you can't view from the side so that, you know, like my screen isn't all bright and shiny in her face while she's trying to sleep. So what I'll probably do is I'll put my screen protector on my new tablet and then just watch it on YouTube while I'm waiting for sleep to come. <laughs> Perfect. Well, we have um, we have drifted far and away from our original topics, but I think all in all, considering there were only two of us, this was a decent show. Um, I, I think this is where we pull the plug, though, unless you have something uh, urgent that you want to bring to the table. <laughs> I do not. Um... It's it's pretty much business as usual lately, so um, no breaking news that I know of. All right, well, then we will be back next week. We were originally going to make this a game night, but um, because Eugene left, we kind of... First of all, we don't do a live stream when Eugene's not here because neither of us are smart enough to know how to do that. (laughs) Um, Second, a game where there's only one contestant kind of sucks, so maybe we'll work on that next week for 606. So I guess stay tuned and... Uh, We will see you guys next week. See you real soon. Bye-bye! Keep track of Nintendo news the other six days we're not on air at Nintendo.com.